you, Jesus. Thankful to be in the house of God, aren't you? And uh, preparing, well, yesterday, I talked to a friend, and I take this very serious. What, you know, this is not just uh, something I take casually, but seriously. I told, I told this friend of mine, I said, I got some big shoes to fill tomorrow. And he said, yeah, Ronald McDonald shoes. <laughs> it wasn't very comforting, but that's okay. I feel, I feel at peace. I feel um, like we're in the perfect will of God. I also give honor to my wife, most amazing lady that I know, amazing Christian. I love her very dearly. Why don't we stand in the reading of the word of God? The book of Genesis, chapter 6. Man, that's good. I concur with Brother Kazande. It was good to have a full choir back here. They did great last week. Don't get me wrong. That crowd did. It's something like a fire choir for sure. Give them, give them great honor. Genesis chapter 6, starting verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on only, excuse me, let's start it. And it repented the Lord that he had made on, made man on the earth. Excuse me, I'm having a hard time. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creepy thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them, verse 8 says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. For a few moments here today, I want to draw our attention to this passage. And then I want to give this, this simple title today, The Construction of Another Ark. The Construction of Another Ark. Why don't we, one more time in this service before we go to the word of the Lord here. Why don't we just, let's, let's just pray and ask God. If we haven't got all the distraction out yet, why don't we just pray and push everything aside so that we can have our, God can have our full attention. Jesus, we come before you. We thank you for this day, this opportunity, God, to come before you. God, we ask you, God, that you would open the eyes of our hearts. Let us receive your word today. Oh, God, let us leave differently than we have come. God, I want to be changed today. I want to be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing in honor of the word of God. If you can be seated. The construction of another ark. This, if you were raised in any denominal church, any form of church, that was a Bible teaching church, uh, you probably went to Sunday school, and you've seen this taught, and the story of Noah and his ark. Uh, we, we find, as I read here in these few uh, passages of Scripture this morning, that uh, God saw the wickedness of man, and he has uh, seen the condition of the world. Now today, 
as we go through this, I want us to look through the paradigm or the lens of 2020. I want us to take the year in which we live in, the time that we live in, and I want us to, as a, 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 a clear piece of paper, if you will, or plastic, lay it over the top of the scripture today. But we, we God found the world in its wicked state. It was so great and wicked. Every imagination of their hearts was evil continually. And we find here that it repented God. He, he repented for uh, creating what he had done. Now, uh, I want us to stop, and this is going to start out a little slow here today because I want us to build this, this firm foundation that if God seen the condition of the world, and he, it, it, was, it was so gross and it was so bad to the point that he repented for it. How bad really was it? Now I want us to think about the world in which we live in today. It's wicked. It's bad. It's perverted. It's twisted. Well, we, as Scripture uh, tells us, say, uh, it seems that in the world that we live in uh, today is right is wrong and wrong is right. Everything that is wholesome, everything that is uh, godly, everything that is correct is questioned. Uh, authority is being questioned on a level that we cannot even uh, begin to explain today. Uh, we live in a wicked world. Noah lived in a wicked world. And thank God uh, that there was a man in this, in this passage that found the grace in God's sight. That he walked with God. That he was holy God. Now I want to pause for a moment and tell you and make this statement here. That if, if Noah can walk with God in this passage. If he can live in a world that was so wicked and perverse. That, that, that evil was continually on their mind. Then we have no excuse in 2022. There is no good Rhyme or reason for you and I not to live for God. There is no good excuse for us not to have a, a daily consecration of the word of God and a, a time of uh, communion and prayer with God. No excuse. The world here in this passage looks no different than the world that we live in today. Oh, can you imagine? I, I know we can't put ourselves in God's perspective, but can you imagine the, the, how it grieves him that the world that it is today? Now, God also through this passage and through the story of uh, Noah and the ark and the saving of his family, he made a covenant, covenant that he would never destroy or wipe the face of the earth again. And so it's not an option for God to, to wipe the earth again and start all over again. It's not an option, but I'm getting ahead of myself here today. But there is a, a new covenant just as he made a covenant with Noah that if he would be obedient and do the, 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 the things that he instructed him to do that he and his family would be saved. And there's a new covenant for you and I that is if we are born akin of water and spirit and live an overcoming and holy life and that, that if we'll be obedient to the word of God and to the man of God that there's an, uh, there's an eternity that you and I can experience and it's a, an eternity of rejoicing where there's no more pain and there's no more sorrow and there, there are no, no more sickness and that's, that's heaven. Is heaven on anybody's mind here today? I want to go to heaven. I want to make it. Whatever I got to do, I've got to be saved. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. We find that in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is, uh, but is of the world. And he, and excuse me, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he... But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I don't know about you, but I want to shun the world. I want to shun everything that's about the world. I don't want any resemblance of the world in my life, in my family, in my marriage, in my home. I want to live holy and separated because I want to abide in him forever. The earth was condemned. Thor found himself in judgment. He was going to wipe them away. He did. It was under judgment. We find this. I, 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 I don't know how long. Just a few weeks ago. I found myself, I believe, in our office, at our home. And, or maybe the front room. I can't remember. But I just remember beginning to think about eternity. And I, I know as... As, as people of God, if you're, if you're living a holy, overcoming, consecrated life, you should not fear eternity. But I think, uh, I think you can understand a, a level of godly fear when it comes to eternity. It, it began to stir me. It began to bother me to the to point I was uncomfortable in my own skin because eternity is that big. If it doesn't bother you here today, I hope by the end of the service that you will begin to think of eternity as in, in, in a different way. You'll look at it in, in, in a different lens. Is that eternity is a real thing? It's it's this is not real popular preaching any any longer. We don't we don't hear about hell being preached about very often anymore, but I'm going to address it. And my wife, I made that statement to my wife, and she has the great help meet that she is. She said, Yeah, but there's not much preaching about heaven either. And so we're gonna talk about hell, but we're talking about heaven here in just a moment. But I, I want I want us to stop and think that if and when God comes back for his church or if you slip off into an eternity before the rapture, that is, it, uh, that could happen in a car accident. That could happen by a heart attack. Uh, Lord forbid anything God could take you. The Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour of his coming. We have an appointed time, each and every one of us. I, I Personally, I'd like to be raptured. I'd, I'd like to experience that. But whatever God would have in my life, it's, it's a reality. It's, it's true it's going to happen. But as people of God, we can come to good church and we can have good church and we can just get caught up with life and living that we forget there's something greater than uh, the things of this world. There's something greater than just having a good, wholesome uh, family life. Then don't misunderstand me. There's something greater. There's a bigger mission. And we forget about it sometime. And that is eternity. Because there's a hell and there's a heaven. I know there are our end goal and it, Without, uh, without reservation, if, I, if you didn't know what I was doing and I asked you, do you want to go to heaven or hell, you would automatically default say, I want to go to heaven. But are we doing the things that we are, are to do to make it? Are we living our life to uh, the fullest? Are we obedient to the word of God? Are we obedient to the covenant of God so that we can make it? I'm not, I'm not here today to put anyone in hell. That's not my job. 
But I'm here to make someone aware of there is a hell. Psalms 9 and 17 says the wicked shall be turned into hell. Oh, I don't want any wicked thing about me. I don't want to entertain anything that's got wickedness or ungodliness. I don't, I don't want to allow anything in my home that would even resemble wickedness or the world. Because they are turned into hell. Hell doesn't care. Satan doesn't care. He doesn't stop. Proverbs 27 and 20 says, uh, hell and de destruction are never full. It's never satisfied. Your flesh is never satisfied. The world's never, there's no limits in the world. There's, there's no boundaries anymore. Stop and think about the societal standard that we live in. There's no limits. As you, as, as a young man, if you want to be a woman, you can, you can do that. They're, 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 they're perverting and twisting everything that is pure and right. And so there's no limit to, to wickedness. There's no women. There's, 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 no, there's no limits to hell, if I could put it that way. It's a place of torment. It's, it's a hot place. There's, it's, you're you're, you're going to inhale. The, the Bible describes it as a, just them begging for a drop of water. It's, it's an it's eternity of damnation. It's hot. We should think on these, these things. We should, we should live. I love what Elder Sargent has said, and it stuck with me now for several years, is that he lives life as if God comes, could come back that day. That's great wisdom. He, he's a great man of God. He's lived for God for many years. And I, I think we as young, young people and as peers and uh, as fellow saints of God, we can adhere to that, that, that simple, uh, simple, simple suggestion of live your life to, as if God is coming back now. As if heaven and hell, we, how many times as just as default as driving down the road, we look in our rear view mirrors or our side mirrors of our vehicles just as we don't even think about it. We should look and, uh, and reflect heaven or hell. Is, is God coming? This decision that I'm going to make today, this, this thing that I'm going to say, uh, it rings a chord into eternity. It does. Eternity is that serious. It's that, it's that, it's that critical uh, thing in our life that we have to, to address ever so often. Uh, God is doing this. The Holy Ghost wants us to address it here today is that uh, everything that I do, everything that I say, every decision I make, fathers, husbands, spiritual leaders, priests of our homes, it's so critical that we address this here today. That everything that we allow through our front doors of our homes, everything that we allow in our marriage is exposing our, our, our spouses and our, our children, single parents here. It's no different. You've you got to operate under the unction of the Holy Ghost and filter through everything. That, that, that might, that might uh, uh, look like a wickedness. It might resemble just a little bit of wickedness and, and evil. And I, I don't want hell. I don't want anything part of hell in my life. I want godliness. We know that righteousness and unrighteousness cannot coexist. So if we want the Spirit of God, if we want the peace of God, then we got to fill our home with prayer. we got to fill our home with uh, fasting. we got to... Oh, come on, help me this morning. We get to fill our homes with righteous living and thinking and decision making. Oh, we're putting ourselves in jeopardy with hell. Oh, God have mercy. It's this serious today that we everything.
and I'm being redundant, but I want to get the point across is that everything, everything has consequences. Everything, every word, the word of God tells us every, we're going to give an account for every idle word that we say. This is serious business. Every idle word. Man, we better stop and think. I just had a situation the other day. Uh, oh, my. I, I, wow. I better watch it. I, I, I better watch it. We, we, should, we should lay this over on our life today. Oh, God. Your coming is nigh. No, yeah, yeah, we've been hearing this preaching for a long time. We've heard God's coming back for us. I mean, there's probably third, fourth generation, maybe fifth generation apostolic kids in here today. That we, Oh, it's been taught for years. God's coming. God's coming. Yeah, and it took Noah 120 years to build the ark, and he preached and taught to them. Yeah, it's going to rain. It's going to flood. God's judgment's coming. Ah, he, that crazy Noah. That crazy man. He's just, what is he doing? What, he, what is he erecting? What is he building right here? This is, what is this? This is not, it rained for 120 years. And when God instructed him to get his family and all those animals and put them in that ark, and that door shut, and the first few raindrops, can you imagine the panic, the chaos? Oh, my God. Noah, Noah might, he must have been correct. He must have been, and they, they missed out because they were too lazy to hear a voice from a man. Now, I'm moving on here. This and that, that Noah in our life is our pastor. It's the man of God. And we better be careful because God, we, we find it. We find it in Scripture here. God gave Noah specific direction of how to build the ark. Verse 14, he says, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of the uh, 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. And a window thou shalt make to the ark, and in a cupid shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt, shalt thou set in the side thereof, with the lower and the second and the third stories shalt thou make. That's pretty specific. He didn't skip any details. Noah had specific directions of how to build this ark. And to our knowledge, Noah never had done anything like this. We don't, we don't, the word of God doesn't tell us that. But God made a covenant with him. And just as God made a covenant with Pastor and Sister Mayo, what, 27 and a half, 20, almost 28 years, whatever it is, when they came to Spokane, he made a covenant with them and said, here's, here's what it is. This is what it's going to look like. And it hasn't changed. Now, not, not, we can get twisted and we can get our, our, our hides in a knot, as my father would say, about little details of this and that and the other. Because I'm not talking about fundamental things, foundational things. of the, We know that you've got to be born again of water and spirit. and that there's, a, there's Jesus is the only name that under heaven given uh, among men whereby we must be saved. We understand all that. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You've got to live a separated holy life. I'm not talking about that. That's, that's, that's not... We can't even talk about that. That's the foundation. But I'm talking about what the church, the, the, the walls, if I can say, the, what, God, what God's giving him instruction of how this church is to look, the standard, if I will, 
Oh, we, oh, Lord forbid we say that word in this, this congregation today. But the standard in which he, he draws in the line and said, this is what it's going to look like. God gave that to you. Pastor Mayo did not just dream it up. He didn't eat bad pizza and say, this is the line I'm going to draw. He's a man of God. He knows the mind of God. And when he feels something in the Holy Ghost and he draws his sword, if you will, and says, this is where it stops here. And this is how far we're going to go here. And, and then we're going to go there. We didn't, Cornerstone, let's stop and think about this. We didn't get here today. We, didn't, we don't have this beautiful building and that building across the street with just loose teaching and preaching and where there's no standard and where there's... where. Come on, help me here today, church. But God gave him specific directions, instruction of how to build this church. We're to be holy and separated. I'm disturbed in my spirit when I see quote-unquote apostolic churches and you watch their services online, Brother Kazande, and they look no different from the charismatic church and they look no different from anything else. Where's the holiness? Where's the separation? I promise you, I would say this if Pastor Mayo was here today. We're going to be a holy and separated church. I know I'm not the pastor. He's drawing the line and you know it. We ought not to be questioning it. We ought not to be. Come on, help me today. We ought not be talking about it over our dinner tables and over text messages and conversations. We ought to get behind the man of God. God has a covenant with him. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. We better submit ourselves to that authority. Knowing this story is our pastor today. And the ark is the church, if you haven't figured that out. God gave this revelation to me some years ago. But Noah is my pastor. And the ark is the church. I know the pandemic pushed us into places we've never been in the, with video and live streaming and all these things. And we're going to do that across the street and I'm excited about it. But I, 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 I rebuke that spirit of laziness of where we can just stay home now. And we got, I, I don't feel good and I got the sniffles and this and that. You got to have a church to be saved. I'm talking about the brick and mortar. No, 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 no. It's, it's about the church. I'm going to go as far as to say it's a church building. Our lives should be centered around the church building. What's going on here? We better get involved. We, we'd be, get ourselves out of a lot of trouble and a lot of heartache and pain if we had center our, our, center our lives and our marriages and our families around what's going on here. Some of you have heard me talk about it, but I remember growing up as a kid, and I, I just remember being at the church. It was an off night. They were redecorating Sunday school rooms. My mom wasn't, my, she wasn't involved in Sunday school, but we were there. They kicked us outside, the kids, and you go play and play nice, and we didn't play so nice sometimes. But we were at the church, and I remember unity, and I remember the, oh, it was beautiful. I remember those things. It sticks out. We got to get back to that. Oh, there's all church cleaning. I'll be there. Oh, there's this going on. I just, I want to be there. There's sometimes my wife and I, they're, they're, uh, 
there would be something going on at the church, and, and a lot of times we drive by because we live so close, but it's like, I, uh, we should go by the church. Why? Let's just, let's just go pop in and see what's going on. Let's, this, this is our life. This is everything. I'm talking about the brick and mortar. If you'll sit around, I know we're the church everywhere we go. I know as the body, I get it. I understand that teaching and preaching, and it's correct. We should be the church wherever we're at. But I'm talking about there's an attack coming against the attendance of coming to the church. We got to. God, help us to shift this paradigm in our minds that the church is not a place that bags us down and it's an inconvenience. I, I've got to go to the church again. And pastors convinced me, I'll help you out, Brother Jordan. There's choir practice tonight. And I, I got music rehearsal and this and that. Come on, this is to our saving. Do we want to be saved or not? This is how important this thing is to us. This is, this is our ark. This is our ark. Oh, God, have mercy. God's calling us to be to recommit ourselves so deeply and so earnestly in our own spirits. I found myself last fall, and I, I hate to use myself as an example, but there was an awakening in my spirit. If I don't, if I don't get serious about this now, if I, don't, if I don't get really committed about this now, where, where am my family going to be in five years? And where am I going to be at in five years? And I just found myself, you know what, in unfamiliar territory, but I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do my best to be committed, and I'm going to be consecrated, and I'm going to be dedicated, and I, and I I haven't done perfect, but I promise you since that day, the anointing has settled upon me again. And that the favor of God has always been there, but I've seen it in a miraculous way. Why? Because there's a, there's a consecration of whatever you want, God. Whatever you need, God, I'll do it because I want to be saved. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we pause here for a moment? Why don't we open our spirit? Come on, help me pray for a moment. Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Camden, can you bring us? I want to make this point. To have anything successful, to have anything right, there's some planning. There's some, uh, some forethought. When you go build something, there's, there's a blueprint. Here I hold blueprint. It was not the final of our building across the street. But in this, we kind of we kind of see an overview. The first page here on this cover page, it kind of gives us an outline of all the different. There's a demolition plan. There's, there's a line of safety. There's our overall floor plan, overall upper level floor plan, and main level floor plan. 
elevations. It was door scheduling. They were way off. Can I get an amen, Brother Sessions? Windows, room finishes, schedules. There's enlarged plans. There's partial building sections and wall sections and foundation plan and foundation details. There's a framing plan. If we wouldn't have followed the blueprint, y'all remember what that building looked like across there? It was just a big empty room. Now, I didn't have, I, we were demo guys and we've been fortunate enough to build some stuff, but the framers, if they wouldn't have followed the blueprint, who knows what, ah, we don't need that wall there, we'll just put this one here anyway. Who, who knows the second floor, or lower, or second floor could have sagged, it could have collapsed if, if they would have just done whatever they felt like. If Noah would have just done whatever he felt like, he's putting his, his life, his family's life, and then all those animals' lives in jeopardy. God, God I'm being redundant, but I, want us, I, I feel that there needs to be a clarity here today in the spirit that pastor has received, if I will, a set of blueprints. And we, we, we would, it would behoove us to stop. And when he starts giving instruction and, and he starts building this church, if you will, this ark in which our, our, our lives are to be saved in, we better stop and listen and apply. We got to. Or it's going to crumble. And it's not. God's got a church. He's always going to have a church. But how much easier it is for us. Trust me. I, I have a welding and fabrication business. I don't have a full-time engineer. So there's a lot of times I'm building things out of my head. And it, sometimes it takes twice as long to build because there's no blueprint. Now some of us have been going through the same trial. We've been going through the same things over and over God's wanting us to stop and say, if you'll do it my way, if you'll follow the blueprint, we all have a blueprint too. It's called the Word of God. And if we'll do it, we'll be happier, we'll be successful, and then we can move on to the next thing. But until we do it God's way, we're just going to keep struggling, and we're going to move into that building. And you're, I'm not being here negative and trying to be negative, but I'm just trying to get us on board that, that there's a way that we should do things, and it's, it's a way that God wants us to do things. And I, I'm, I'm coming to a close. But I, wanna, I want us to address something in this passage that is very, very applicable to where we're at today. Can you imagine Noah and his family corralling all these animals and getting them in this ark? Can you imagine that? I don't, I don't know if I could corral a steer very successfully unless I got him in a small pen, but all these animals? Let me tell you something. There... There, I'm just convinced that there was a divine orchestration of God's helping with Noah and his family, directing his family. We're talking about wild animals. 
And somehow they get in this ark. And they spend all this time together. Now we're, we're using our imagination here this morning because it doesn't tell us in the Bible. But can you imagine the interactions? Can you imagine? And Noah, Noah is having to orchestrate this. He's having to, to, to stand in his place and go, no, stop acting that way and stop doing that. Hey, get over there. Hey, you belong over there. Can you imagine the chaos? Now, by no means am I drawing the comparison that we're animals. I'm not, I'm not that dumb, if you will. I'm not. But if those animals can, if they were able to make it and get along, then as the church, we're, we're human beings. We're, we got a brain. We can get along and we can have unity. There's so much division in the, the apostolic church today. It's time that we unite. And as the home team, if I could say it that way, as the home team, we should have each other's back. I've got your back, Brother Kazande. If you got mine, i got yours. Let's do this. Hey, I've got your back. We're brothers in Christ. We're, we're the home team. This is us. Pastors shouldn't have to be going over here, putting the fire out over here and dealing with this situation. We should just have enough on the ball and enough Holy Ghost to say, you know what, I'm not going to get involved in that. I'm going to stay in my lane. Why? Because I'm on this boat. I'm in this church because I'm going to be saved. I want to be saved. And if I'm going to be saved, i got to get along. There's power in unity. There's power in unity. This is... Unity is not, and I'm almost done. Brother Jordan, please come to the keyboard. Unity is not something just specifically for the apostolic church. Unity, we find it throughout the, the world. Organized sports, you find unity. A basketball team that plays together, they win. When you got the superstar that wants the ball the whole time, it doesn't work out. Not very often. Unity is not, it's not, hey, the Bible instructs us to, Love the brotherhood. This is the brotherhood. And the world, they're trying to recreate what you and I have. They're trying to recreate that. Because when we get in one mind and one accord, what happened? There was a mighty wind. Oh, it was the Holy Ghost. Oh, the sound of the mighty wind. And the Holy Ghost filled that upper room and it set upon that like as fire. I've heard stories of camp meetings being so unified that the Holy Ghost hit them so strong that the fire department all of a sudden just comes running. Where's the fire at? Hey, this tent's on fire. Fellow Sergeant, you're a witness. There was no fire, but the fire of the Holy Ghost falling. I wonder. I just wonder, we go across the building, if we'll get to that level of unity. I'm not saying that there's people fighting in here. I don't know. I, I, it's none of my business, but I just know what the Holy Ghost told me to say. And that is, if we'll get on that level of unity, if we're, we're in this together, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, the power. I can't. We, we talk about it. Brother Sessions and I, and there are, are, we're in there almost every day, not here lately with all the sickness and craziness. But we, we've talked about it. That first chord 
We've already set Andrew up. When he strikes that first chord on that bass, I, I can't wait for that service over there. But if we'll get in one mind and one accord and say, you know what? I'm going to get in the ark. I'm going to get my family in the ark. Because i got to be saved. And I got, I'm going to get along with my brother. And I, I, I'm going to do what the pastor says because i got to be saved. That old song that we used to sing, it comes to mind. For above all else, I must be saved. I, does anybody feel that way today? Because heaven's sweet. I told you I'd preach about heaven. It's streets of gold, walls of jasper, gates of pearl. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no mourning over there. There'll be no sadness. There'll just be endless worship and praise to an almighty God. Do you want to participate in that? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to go to heaven? Oh, I, where there'll be no more pain in my body. Why? Because I'll have a new body. Oh, and I'll have a crown. And I'll have a robe. And I'm going to cast that crown at the feet of Jesus. Oh, I'm going to experience that. So whatever i got to do, I'm going to be saved. Oh, I want to be in this ark. Oh, I want to be in the church. Oh, I want to be in the church. Come on, let's respond right now. If you're a visitor here today and you don't know what I'm speaking of, the Bible tells us in John chapter 3 that you've got to be born again of water and spirit or you cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God. What does that mean, friend? That means that you've got to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues. Then that means you've got to be born again of water. That means you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's in the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. It's Jesus. And then we got to live in a holy and overcoming life. And if we'll do those things, we can be saved. Why don't we come? This altar is open this morning. Respond this morning. Hallelujah. Why don't we get in realignment of what the Holy Ghost is saying? Come on. Hallelujah. 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 This is not a message of uh, judgment. This is a message of just reality of where we're at. There really is a heaven and there really is a hell. And I've got to be saved and I'm only going to be saved in a church. You gotta have a church. You gotta have a pastor. You gotta have an ark. You gotta have a Noah, a man of righteousness. Hallelujah. Let's respond. Come on. Let's respond. I'm not gonna do it my way anymore, Jesus. I'm not gonna kick against you, Jesus. I'm going to do what you say. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus' name.
Come on right now, if you need to repent of your sins. I'm talking sinner or saint. If there's anything in your spirit, come on, let's repent right now. Jesus, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me of the wrong spirit that I've had, God. Hallelujah. I want to get in alignment with you, Jesus. Forgive me, God. Empty me of anything that's not like you. Empty me of anything that's not like you. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not the will of God that we fight. It's not the will of God that we stumble, that we kick against the authority that's in our life all the way to the ark. But it's the will of God that we go willingly. It's the will of God that we come willing. He's not going to make you live for Him. He's not going to make you. Come on, it's our decision. Come on, let's make an eternal decision today. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's a lie. That's a lie. 
Shataye. The pastor's in your corner. He's fighting for you. He wants you to be saved. That's why he preaches the way he does. That's why he gives the way he gives. Come on. Somebody really needs to rebuke that spirit right now. That's a lying spirit. Your pastor's in your corner. He's for you. He's not against you. Come on. Hallelujah. I rebuke that spirit right now. I've been hurt in the past. I've been done wrong by this preacher. And this pastor's done me. He's led me astray. I rebuke that. You will not grow. You will, you will stunt your growth in God if you will allow that thinking to operate in your life. He's my pastor. That's the man of God in my life. I'm going to listen to him. Come on, let's respond. God's not done here yet. Come on. Come on!